They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So, guys, the preseason is finally coming to an end in anticipation of an exciting start to the new, fresh Premier League campaign and football campaign in general but as we know in this particular podcast we like to focus a lot on the Premier League. My team Arsenal is finishing off our preseason with the Emirates Cup that has been going on for several seasons now which has quite a unique scoring system which is not the traditional win equals three points, draw equals one point, and loss is zero. Although that is a factor, the scoring system is also inclusive of a point gained for each goal scored. So for example, if you win a game 3-0, you will get your three points for the win, and you'll get an additional three points for the three goals you've scored. And that also applies for if you have lost, let's say you lose 3-2, you obviously get zero because you lost, but you do get an additional two points because you've scored two goals. Could you imagine if the Premier League or football in general had a tournament, not a preseason tournament, but an actual competitive tournament or league for that matter, that scoring system was in play, how do you think that football fans would react to that? How do you think that would change the game? Well, if you think about it, the goal difference still does kind of matter, um, even at the current stage where, you know, we've, we've seen titles and relegations decided by uh, a single goal difference. You know, now, this Emirates Cup system is taking that to a whole new level. This is pretty much rewarding teams for scoring, right? Even if you lose, even if you get thrashed 10 to 9, or that's not a thrashing, but you get you get what I'm trying to say. Even if you get thrashed by three goals or more, so long as you're scoring, you know, at least three goals, you're coming away with three goals. Now, this in a league format, I don't necessarily know how this will look because that's 38 games. If you look at City, they score close to 100 goals. That's 100 points added on top of the 90 plus points they get. Would it take away the distinction of, you know, there's no limit to how many points a team can get per game week if this were to be implemented? A team could, could get away with zero points or because City consistently consistently score five, City could get away with eight points. And I feel that if you're just looking at it in a blanket situation, as in without changing anything else, you use the same stats and the same table and you know input this Emirates Cup system into our league table for how, how it finished last year, City ran away with the league. You know, but I think down the line, if this were to be implemented, 
again, this is something we usually always try to preach is we want to see more teams trying to create, trying to play football, actually, not just going for, not just going to, you know, make a draw at, you know, at the Etihad or Anfield or whatnot. I think over the long run, this could make the game more interesting because, I mean, it's, it's just truth that it's just fact that goals attract fans and new fans at that. You don't see, yes, there's arts to defending. There's, you know, arts to setting up your team to stay compact, but you don't see that on the highlights in order to attract new fans. You need, you need goals. You don't, you don't go to ESPN FC Twitter and see, Oh, Nuno's team set up brilliantly in a in a back five system. You know, you see Holland's brilliant goal. You know that that's that's what people crave, and this certainly will encourage teams to give the fans more of what they want. Do you not think that having more goals in the game almost decreases the value just because we're going to have more supply of goals? I mean, that's just natural economics. We spoke about how often a World Cup would take place and one of the very eye-opening comments that I saw was that the more often you have World Cups is the less excited we'll get about it. The scarcity is what creates the excitement. So I think the fact that there is such few goals in football is what makes us get so excited about a goal being scored. You know, I never want to see football turn into basketball where we see a point scored and everyone's just silent depending on the time of the game because we just see goals scoring in basketball left, right, and center. It doesn't really matter. But football, that's kind of the joy about it. That's why we freak out if we find something so rare in the world in society anything i mean me personally i like seeing and you know this i like seeing animals that i don't get to see that often in the wild because that is such a rare occurrence that is where the beauty lies for me as opposed to seeing a bug or a fly or a bird that i quite see very often and I know that's relative only to my case. I'm sure there's listeners out there who maybe won't find as much joy or excitement in that because they see certain birds or bugs more often or less often than I do. But the point of this whole spiel is just to say the more often you see something is the more common it becomes and the less excited you get for it. Well, yes, but just because you're rewarding teams for scoring goals doesn't necessarily mean that now we're going to have 20 goals a game. There's, there still has to be quality that comes with it in order for you to score goals. And I, I think this will really encourage the, the teams to come up with, you know, better quality instead of, you know, just trying to sit back because this is quite uh, a lot of the complaints it's it revolves around oh you know we have to watch this 
anti-football again where teams sit back and just have no intention of attacking that's what i'm trying to focus on we don't we're not i'm not necessarily saying that we should have more goals in the game i'm saying we should encourage teams to actually try to score because if this is implemented getting beat 5-3 is better than a tie that ended a nil-nil because you're going away with three points at least what the teams come up with you know if the teams can't actually generate more goals that we will have to see and i think the game will evolve the game the tactics the players the strategy will evolve to fit around this new change and on top of that the defensive tactics will get better as well because ultimately if the attacking strategy attacking tactics are improving so will the defense um, there's there's no such thing as all oh, the defensive defensive improvements or defensive developments can't keep up with the attacking development these things change and adapt to match each other over time and i don't necessarily see this resulting in a 20 goal per game kind of you know basketball style for football turning into a basketball style game here's what i don't want to see happen imagine a scenario where liverpool and city are going for the title and city have just found out that liverpool lost they lost one nil to whoever everton in the merseyside derby and City now know that if they are, let's say, two points behind Liverpool, they don't even need to win their game, technically. They could go in and just score, as you said, they could go and lose 5-3 and still get ahead of Liverpool and get their goal of clinching the title, even if winning isn't even in their best interest. It's just to score goals. I think taking winning out of the focus is going to create a lot of problems and ill intent, if that's the correct word I should use, in terms of how to how to go about playing a football match or how to go about playing football matches in the league. Yeah, I mean that's true because in in this scenario you're you're valuing goals way more than you're valuing wins because like I said, there's no limit on the amount of goals that you can score. Whereas if you win, you get three points. I guess the way around it would have to be to improve or increase the value of a win or decrease the value of a goal where if you score three goals then you get an extra point, something like that. Or now if you win, you're worth six points instead of, instead of the three points. I think this works in the Emirates cup because it's only four teams, right? If I remember correctly. And it's, you know, they, they play each other three four times. Four teams and only two games. Oh, not even three times. No, only it's only two, two games. games, actually. Yeah, so not even, so that's what? That's, that's six games. So I guess in the long run, it, it could, that scenario could certainly happen. And I think the way around it would be to either devalue the goals or value the win points that you get from winning a game a lot more than what it is right now yeah that could be the case i mean we'll definitely see i think 
we're going to see less tight races throughout each game week. And the fluctuations are going to be a lot more significant. So rather than seeing, oh, it's a one point, two point difference, we may see a 10 to 15 point difference, but that won't actually be as much as we think it is now. Because now if we say, oh, Real Madrid have a 15 point lead in La Liga, then we're like, oh, they're way ahead. But I think in this system, when you really mass it out, that point difference could go down a lot quicker than we are accustomed to. And I don't think that we, from the outside, without having experienced it, we can't really feel or have a proper expectation as to how that's going to come about or how those, the point difference is going to truly feel in the moment. So again, it's all going to become situational and editing the values of goals or points or sorry wins may be the answer but again this is all just hypothetical questions to gauge interest levels and just to get some interesting discussions going through what do you guys think about this do you guys think that this would be an interesting implementation maybe not make the league be like this but have another separate tournament just for entertainment purposes? Or do you guys think that this is this will never work and this has no judgment or bearing on whether a team is better than the other or not and it won't bring in any fans either? Or maybe you guys have a different way of implementing that you recommend, but whatever it is, send us a DM, let us know in the comments, write to us on Facebook, you know already. Speaking of the Emirates Cup, the hosters of the Emirates Cup, Arsenal will be the center of our the good, the bad, and the misuse section. So I'm going to start it off with one sock. And the first player I'm going to bring to attention is Rob Holding. Not good enough. Not good enough for Arsenal. I mean, speaking of not not just his abilities, but I, I don't think he's that he, he can really stay fit. You know, he's he, as we know, he's had his fair share of injuries, as have a lot of the players at Arsenal. And for me, I rate players availability a lot more than maybe most people would. That's why. I mean, we might not even get to tyranny, but that's why I don't, even though I, I rate his, his ability as a footballer, I don't want tyranny on my team because of that reason. Sensible, fair. I know you're going to have a pretty strong opinion on this guy, but I'll, I'll give you two names, both of the right backs, Cedric and Bellerin. Shit. And shit, but has definitely improved in my eyes and I have to give credit where that is concerned. The first shit, who is just utter shit, Bellerin. The guy is just not meant to play football. 
technically he's not there. He's just he's just poor, just poor, just not good enough for Arsenal. Shouldn't be playing top league football. Honestly, he should be playing even if it, if he's in a Premier League team at any of the top teams in Europe, he's got to be at the bottom end of the spectrum. Cedric, again, not good enough in my eyes. Would like to get an upgraded right back from him, even though he's a backup. But he has done quite well since coming in, in terms of we haven't had anybody better. So hats off to him. He worked his ass off. I thought it was commendable. But is that where we want to be as a club? Having Cedric start for us at right back when Tameyasu is out injured, which recently we've seen over the course of last season has been quite a fair amount of times. Not confident with him starting right back many games. Whipping it back to you at the back post, man named Nicolas Pepe. Here's the thing with him. I, I, a few times I've watched him play. I don't think he's he was brought in as that as the winger who can shake things up, but he doesn't play like the winger that well he doesn't play like that. And I, I'm just so confused because is it the is it the matter is it a matter of he could do it in the you know in I guess an inferior league in league on or, yeah, it is league on, right? Yeah. Could he do it there, but not in the Premier League? Or is it just he's not good enough? I, I, I don't know, because a lot of the things that he doesn't do well, it to me, it comes down to his focus. Because, I mean, maybe I'm just nitpicking on this, but there was a time where he was dribbling a, a few times, and he looked like he just fell asleep. You know, he just lost the ball. Out out of nothing, without even you know the defender have without even the defender having to do anything special. So, is it just his lapse of focus? It's just down to his mentality. I I don't know, but I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League from what from what I've seen and what he's shown so far. I hear those sentiments because a lot of people think that, but I still think he needs to get at least a try at striker. Winger is not suited for him. I don't care what he's done in the French League. I don't care what you tell me, what system he needs to play on a counter-attack. No. The guy cannot dribble past a cone, and he should not be asked to dribble at players. That's not his strength. I honestly isn't. I don't care what highlight reel you show me, because you can pull up a highlight reel of how many times a defender tackles him. When he's dribbling at a defender, notice how many times a defender tackles him in a one-on-one situation. He needs to have the ball in front of the goal shooting because that guy, when he shoots, if he, get, if he hits that cleanly, it, it's hit right. I'm telling you. And that's where I think for him. And keeping it in the midfield, I guess we'll go with a much younger player in the name of Lakonga. Misused. I don't like to see him in a pivot, especially the lone pivot. Maybe he could do it in the future, but he's not ready for that yet. Because I've seen this guy 
play some through passes and some chip lob through passes cross field in games where I'm like, oh my days, that's an immaculate ball. It reminded me of Fabregas, honestly. And I was like, why doesn't this guy get more opportunities to play forward passes, through passes? The only times that he's really been struggling or has been caught out was when he was asked to play a deep-lying role where there's a lot of pressure on you. You're asked to turn out of dangerous areas, which is not an easy skill. That's a different skill than playing through passes. Two different things you're asking to be done. And at the moment, he's quite small. So all of those three things putting together to play a deep-lying role, you're going to struggle. You're asking for struggle. And I think that's where it comes in. Has he gotten better from that? Maybe. But his strengths, you can clearly see, even in his preseason, he's had the chance to play as a more attacking number eight. And we've seen he's gotten a couple of assists. And he scored. Like, this is exactly what I'm saying. He's been playing well. I know it's preseason, but it's a whole new role that he's been playing in. The rest, last season, he was asked to play in a deep line pivot. And he was struggling. So, you tell me. Well, common sense would tell you that. The, I don't know what the right word is. The pressure, I guess, is more intense, you know, up top than when you're playing much deeper. I don't know. I haven't really seen him play that much for me to say anything about this guy. Because, as we know, he started the first three games, I believe, of last season and never really got a look in after that. But he's only 21. What is it? 20, 21. So I'm not finishing him off or anything like that. Another youth player, Nuno Tavares. Does, does, it, does, it, does it even need to be said? I mean, I think the guy is pretty... I don't think he has the right brains to play the game. Sometimes you watch him and then you think he's making a mistake that I wouldn't even make, you know? And is it his, is it nervousness? Because he was okay, like you mentioned, um, starting the season off. But he came in, especially in the latter stages of the second half of the season, and he actually shit the bed. And he wasn't even starting over when when tyranny was hurt for the rest of the season again he's young but i feel that for a player to be successful you you have to have what's called a football brain or football knowledge and to me this guy doesn't have it i know a lot of people are going to give me shit for this but i truly believe that this guy needs to play striker I think this guy needs to pull a Mikel Antonio. You remember, Mikel Antonio used to play right back. And now he moved to striker. And look at how much successful he's been. Gareth Bale started as a left back. Moved to an attacking right midfield position. And could arguably play striker as well. I think we've seen him play strike for Wales, actually. Look on that. And I'm telling you, like, Nuno Tavares, if you did not tell me that this guy played left back, and you look at him just play football, like a scrimmage game. Look at his attributes. The guy is fast. The guy enjoys dribbling, definitely enjoys dribbling and getting forward. 
And he's not afraid to hit it on his weak foot either or take shots in general. Why not give him a try at strike? I truly believe that his strength and his, and his athleticism could really be developed into a good striker. Maybe not a world-class striker like Drogba or somebody. I'm not saying that. But I do believe to get the most out of him as a player, I think his attributes are more directly aligned with being a striker than it is a left-back. Or at least an attacking position. If you want to say wing, sure. But I personally think striker. I mean, I think strikers pushing it because you see Antonio, you see Gareth Bale. They've had this, they were not only quick, but they had this physical ability that I don't think Nuno Tavares necessarily has, at least to that level. I think strikers very much pushing it to an extreme. But you put him up out, out on the wide. I mean, maybe I, I still believe he will struggle out there. His his attacking output isn't anything that stands out. It, to me, it's just decent for a fullback. And we mentioned for when we discussed Cancelo, even if you put Cancelo up there, he's going to struggle because of the attention, the pressure that he's going to get in that position. I just don't think he's going to make it at this level from what we've seen. But is it too early to say? Because we've only seen, what, a handful of games by him? Sure, but not too promising at this stage. I think this will be another Torreira situation where he won't get a chance to play in his really ideal position and and role. And I think because of that, we are not going to see him make it. However, I think giving him a chat striker, that's where we're going to get our full answer. But again, as we always say, we will see. Oh, before I even say that, I don't anticipate he's going to get this try at striker. Just to <laughs> preface that, I'm not, I don't think he's going to get a chance there. But I do think he, it would help him. But as we always say, we will see. I mean, let me just ask you one last question before we go. It's significantly harder to play a striker than it is to play left back. And yeah, he might be quick. He might uh, take up some good attacking positioning. But do you really think he will be able to thrive in, you know, as a striker? Because, our, you know, Arteta doesn't play with two strikers. As a lone striker, with all the attention on him, with all the, you know, defenders like, I mean, you don't even have to go to like the level of Van Dyke's. Just anybody, any Premier League center backs, you think he will actually be able to thrive in that environment? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that Haaland would thrive at left back? No, because that's... Well, no, because I don't think that's his... That's where his strengths lie. Exactly. And that is all I'm saying. I think we're judging an attacking player based on his defensive qualities. We're asking a fish to climb a tree. That's what I think. You guys let us know your thoughts on the matter. 
I know, as I said, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for that last opinion, but let us know what you guys think about the Emirates scoring system. Already we told you that. Make sure to tune in for the match this weekend. And don't forget to tune in again Friday, the day before, where we're going to have another episode release. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page. As always, the link is in the description and the bio. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you as always, and peace out.